tape is rolling and I am speaking and this is episode 387 of Crash, the UK Geek Podcast. Tonight I've got a couple of things to talk about, things that I've been watching and also I should first reassure you that Berenice Marlowe isn't in this. Berenice Marlowe, the impossibly good-looking actress from Skyfall, is not in this episode. There's a reason I mention that, because it is again time to tell you about the dream I had recently, and I know that when someone tells you a dream they had, it's the equivalent of forcing a really bored audience through an excruciatingly long slideshow. Do you remember slideshows? Let me tangent for a moment. When I used to go to a place that I am now calling Compost College because it was utterly crap, there was a supply teacher who came in all fired up with the zest to teach, and one of the first things she did was show us a very exotic version of what I did on my holes in the form of a slideshow. She showed off these photos on a little carousel. Do you remember the carousels that went round? They went work, click, work, click. doesn't matter. Of an impossibly exotic locale in a jungle somewhere with rivers and trees and possibly crocodiles. Though I didn't see any crocodiles. Although I can't actually remember if I did. Straying from the tangent to a tangent of a tangent. Sorry. In the photographs, there were good-looking, thin, brown people with boats and the pasty couple they were tolerating, which included my teacher. Let's do another tangent. Compost College. Yes, I attended a place called Compost College. Wasn't really Compost College. Never mind. In fact, I've probably revealed the name of the place. If you go back and listen to God knows which episode that I did in the past, you'll find out what I'm talking about. It was a fee-paying dump of a private school, thanks to the really bad recommendation of overprivileged family friends who later regularly ate mum's tandoori chicken, but still made me get a bus home and walk in the street with only one shoe after the other was lost on a fishing trip. And if you look in the show notes, I've put inverted commas around the lost bit. And let's not forget the paid but painful extra job I had of cutting their hedge of ivy. Thanks a lot. Not very much for warning me it was poison ivy. I had arms like zeppelins that night. Oh, I've got a lot of pent-up hostility. No grudges. Back to the dream. In the dream, (laughs) I'm finally getting there, a beautiful and very fictional and irate Parisian girlfriend waves her arms and shouts about me living in a wizarding tower as she leaves for the last time. You can see her in the distance stomping off to presumably find a taxi. Although I don't know how you find a taxi in the middle of nowhere when... All there is is a wizarding tower, yeah, mobile phones, of course. In the semi-dream state of waking from that dream, 
I picked Berenice Marlowe as that fictional girlfriend. It could have been Eva Green, but I spoke to Eva's agent and she was unavailable. And it is Berenice Marlowe's photocopied image from Skyfall that I've got staring down at me from my wall. Yes, I don't even have a full-colour poster that I could have bought. I've just got this stupid photocopy. Tangent the Third. I also want to take the time to not thank some cousins who once tried to set me up with a Parisian girlfriend who absolutely did not look anything like Berenice or Eva. Again, no grudges. To conclude, Berenice Marlowe is neither my girlfriend, <laughs> or even in this episode, because A. I don't do interviews anymore, for a number of reasons, mainly because they're a pain in the backside to arrange and then you don't get any more listeners, and B. Even if I still did interviews, rather than drone incoherently, which I assume you think I'm now doing, but in fact is not incoherent at all, what amazingly insightful questions would I ask her in any case? That is my point exactly. To be clear, finally, Berenice Marlowe isn't in this. Moving on to the next item in our pre-show section. Whale Swallows Man. Yes, the Metro newspaper, tabloid newspaper in the UK, that you can get for free if you're riding on the tube or buses, it's given away everywhere, or the trains. That newspaper reported that a man, a lobster diver, was swallowed whole by a juvenile humpback whale, pause for drama, who almost choked before spitting him out again. I just have this image of these two terrified sentient creatures, I'm assuming a lot here, but it doesn't seem out of the possibility that a huge humpback whale with a ginormous brain might be nearer to a human being than, say, an ant. But who knows, I might be wrong about that as well. I can just imagine that whale accidentally scooping him up, the man terrified inside says in the article that he was a bit scared, unsurprisingly. The whale panicking suddenly because it has these baleen filters that allows it to hoover up things like krill? Tiny little sea creatures, not huge men covered in rubber. And then coughed him out again. And you can just see those two creatures fleeing from each other <laughs> in abject terror. Which I probably would do if I was a whale and I had gobbled a huge bloke covered in rubber. And of course the diver himself would have been swimming like crazy. I have it on good information, exclusive to the Crash podcast, that the lobsters are happy at their reprieve. Last item. No more embedded show notes. For a while, I've experimented with podcast MP3 files that I have embedded with show notes using the excellent MP3 tag software. The problem is, no one reads them. No podcast player 
can display them apart from VLC and that's quite an involved process to get to those notes with VLC. And I often stray into other topics while taping. Oh, that's a glass of water. See what I mean? I just did it then. The other problem is that I also find grammar errors later on. I always do, without exception. And I don't want to have to retag and re-upload mp3 files to archive.org, which does take quite a while, just because I found a grammar error. So I am no longer doing that. Instead of doing that, I'm writing a properly formatted and easy-to-read blog post with each episode. Huzzah! And just another little note about my setup here. I have done something that I think is quite clever. It's very basic, but it's quite clever for me, not being an audio engineer. I have bought a Y cable for a mic. So now what's happening is that the cable from my mic goes into the Y cable. The Y cable goes into each of the two inputs on my mixer, which is set to stereo. One is set at my normal volume, and the other is set at a much lower volume, which means, in summary, I have a safety track. And if you just heard a click just now, that's not my clicky voice. Well, that's my clicky voice. That was a crack of my wrist. Yeah. Remember that thing about arthritis I was telling you about? Uh, welcome to aging. Uh, yeah, it did that again. Ah. Also, do you remember I was complaining last time about aches and pains? Well, they're still there, but they have subsided slightly. And that's partly the reason I've been dreaming so much and so crazily lately. Because I have a general lack of sleep, when I do sleep, I catch up on REM sleep, I catch up on my dreaming sleep. And because I've backed up so much dream time, the dreams are intense. Let's stop talking about that for now and move on to the show. And the first thing I wanted to talk about is a film that I finished watching a few hours ago. That is the science fiction film Archive from 2020. In Archive... A scientist's wife dies tragically, and so the scientist builds a replacement. Well, he builds a series of replacements while he's perfecting the process. Just from that short pressy, you know that this is not going to end well. The film is set in a William Gibson-esque high-tech world of warring corporations, which includes a sinister Toby Jones. Is there now any other kind of Toby Jones? Toby Jones, you're getting stuck in a rut, man. Archive is a movie that, at first glance, could be thought of as a sort of budget ex machina from 2014, but that would be grossly unfair. The effects are convincing, the scenery beautiful, and the twist is very different. 
To give the film its full due, I did not see the twist coming until 20 minutes before the end, which is unusual for me. I'm usually better at this by now. Just from the sheer volume of geeky media that I've consumed over the years. This is a sci-fi film about life after death, and sadness, and the space between people, and really shit self-centered partners, and robots, and memory, and identity, and free will, and what really makes a person a person, and René Descartes as well, probably. That gives you a good picture about what the film is about, and the themes, and so on. Was it okay? Yes, it was. But I've got a question why most sci-fi movies today are so miserable. It wasn't always like that. In the golden age of sci-fi, things could occasionally just be comedic, or sometimes heartwarming later on, not just limited to the golden age of sci-fi, the 40s, but yeah, there are novels and stories that I've read that are not utterly miserable. Which is one of the reasons that I quite like Tomorrowland. But wait a minute, wasn't Tomorrowland slightly dystopic as well? Despite its light-hearted tone? Come on, screenwriters, start thinking outside of the box of misery. Finally, just a warning. Just remember, sometimes you do not have to answer the door. Sometimes it's also better not to answer the phone. <laughs> okay, and that was my review of Archive from 2020. Why did I say it like that? My review? Review? I'm oh, sorry. Okay, I'm not actually trying to be funny. This is me. Next. Loki. This is another Marvel six-parter, a TV show that is doing splendidly at the moment. Just from watching it, I know that people love this. I haven't been reading other reviews, but I have glanced at the internet, and it's all over the internet, and I'm not surprised. It is far less stodgy than The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. In Loki, Tom Hiddleston chews the scenery as he enjoys reprising his role as Loki, the Norse god of mischief. In Loki, the TV show, Loki is snatched from the timeline during the film Avengers Endgame, just after his theft and disappearance with the Tesseract. He arrives in the incredible abode of the Timekeepers, where he is judged guilty of time crimes, but is recruited to the service of the omnipotent Timekeepers Time Variance Authority, the TVA, to prevent a criminal from causing further damage to the sacred timeline. Comedy... Action and great effects ensue in this adventure as we enjoy seeing the pompous half-god cut down to size. And then we also root for him as he sneakily puts one over the Time Variance Authority. Look out for 
Wunmi Musaku from Lovecraft Country. She is also in this, has a tough, funny, slightly motherly SWAT team character. I say motherly, not in that she is wishy-washy or anything. No, no, I mean quite the opposite. I have great respect for mothers. I mean in the way she treats the misbehaving god of naughtiness. You might have seen an example of that in one of the trailers that's been doing the rounds. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm really looking forward to the next episode, which I believe will be released on Wednesday. It's a weekly show. They're not just dumping the whole show in one go. Ah, thank God for that. Otherwise, I would just binge the whole thing. I'm glad not to have to do that this time round. Even though it is painful to wait between episodes because it is so good. Before we end this section, let's go on another little tangent. In the real Norse mythology, outside the world of Marvel, there was no happy ending for Loki, who was bound to a rock with the entrails of his son and tortured with poison while he awaited Ragnarok. What a lovely way to end. And what about Mr. Glamour Boy Thor? Forget Christopher Hemsworth. In Norse mythology, Thor's a goat chariot riding, psychopathic and sadistic hooligan. And that is it for the two new things that I wanted to talk about in geek media this week that I consumed. There's lots of other stuff, but we've got lots of future shows to talk about it in. Those are just two of the most current things that sprang to mind when I was writing the show notes for this episode. We're in the after show section now. Let's talk about the glitch in the Matrix of Gallifrey. Yes, the glitch that means something's gone slightly sideways with my revisit of classic vintage Doctor Who. Let me put your minds at rest. It's coming. It really is coming back. Expect the next Doctor Who revisit uploaded this Friday. 22 minutes in. We're already in the after show section. We've got so much time ahead. Let's just talk about another two dreams I think you might be interested in. I had another more recent dream about finally meeting an old friend from my childhood. This is someone I've been hoping to see again for quite some time in real life. I've put out the tentacles and have struck empty. It's amazing. Some people have just disappeared from the internet. Prison? No. Anyway, where was I? That was unfortunate idle speculation. I'm sure they're not in prison. Hopefully. Who knows? Where was I? Yes, in the dream I did finally meet them again, and I tried to explain why I got their back up the last time we met, which is a thing that actually happened. My explanation was good, clear, human, and sincere. Unfortunately, this person turned out to be completely tone-deaf, and 
as I was watching their reaction, I thought, did I really go through all this to meet this person again? If this is the universe's way of telling me not to stir up the past, then so be it. Apart, of course, from opportunities to stick the boot in. Please, universe, at least grant me that pleasure. Did I tell you that Lord Vader has a place of honour in my personal shrine? Probably. Finally, this dream is from last night. In it, I and some others were invited home for dinner by a white-haired Theo from The Cosby Show. Do you remember Theo Huxtable? In my dream, he had become a famous playwright. So we were very excited when he said, Here's some of my best writing. But then he continued with, That I've used to apologise to women I've dated. He then tells us of a disastrous date that ended with him killing the woman's cat, which is straight out of the War of the Roses, but then reassures us that the cat was a Ming Dynasty clay figurine that he's still paying for. Before this could continue, an unseen, loud and annoying ragtime jazz band woke me up and thank God, otherwise I would still be talking about my dreams in this podcast. That, you'll be pleased to hear, is it. This show is made by me, Roy Matur. I almost said Martha again. That's the whole thing. Go back and listen to the last one. Matur is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMartha.com. You did it again, numbnuts. Again. What is wrong with you? R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R dot com. If you want help, there are several ways you can do so. A couple of them cost you nothing. Those ways are to review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen. Though I would prefer if you did that on Apple iTunes. You can recommend it to a friend or mortal enemy. Or you can click on the support link on the website which will direct you to a non-free way that you can support me by donating a couple of quid on coffee. That's K-O-F-I. It's really easy to do, and it helps me out a lot. And it can be just a one-time tip. It's now 28 minutes and 18 seconds into the pod. You were listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, Crash, the UK podcast for the culture geek, technology nerd and creative wizard. This was episode 387, recorded on... Oh man, I didn't say when this was recorded on at the beginning of the show. Well, it is Monday the 14th of June 2021. It is now 23.47.25. If you're interested, my computer has been up for a record 536 hours without crashing. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye. Huzzah!